The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It is January 15th of 2021. I'm still trying to get 2021 to roll off of my tongue. So far, so good. Not really talking about the year, but just saying yeah. the word. I know we've been talking about the high hopes we've had for this year, but every week just feels like Groundhog Day from 2020 again. So uh, welcome. Thank you for being with us. A historic week uh, nationally where... The first president of the United States was impeached for a second time. Uh, there's possibly more protests and riots happening this weekend. The Utah legislative session about to get underway. We've got a new Cox budget. Vaccines that are sort of not rolling out but thumping out. So much to get to. There so, really is. Yes. There's a lot there to Greg unpack. Hughes is in-house. Jim DeBacchus is still living in La La Land. I don't even know where that is. But thanks for joining <laughs> us over the phone, Jim. It's my honor. You know, Heidi, he never wants to get near us anymore. I don't know if you noticed this, but he's like a permanent, like, phone-in. He just doesn't even, I think he doesn't want to condescend to be in our presence. I think it's a Democrat thing. I don't know. It I don't know. kind of <laughs> arrogant to me. <laughs> All right, Jim, maybe we'll let you guys switch. We'll keep Greg at home one day and let you come in. But glad to be here. I want to talk about all the issues. I don't even know what the most important, quite frankly, issue is right now. But it is Friday. We're heading into Saturday and the weekend, and right now everyone is bracing in the great state of Utah and across the country for the possibility of protests that could turn into riots on Sunday and then again on um, Inauguration Day. Uh, the eyes of Greg Hughes are making eyes yeah, right now. I just, I'm just so Is it going frustrated. to be quiet, or are we going to have protests? I would Do hope. Need I, to be I am so fundamentally tired of political violence on any side of the aisle, whether it's left of center, right of center. What I, what I really... Uh, wish is that the kind of attention that is being paid to political violence right now could have been more uniform, that we would have been, we would have been this serious all along because I think, I said this last week, I think political violence begets political violence. And if we'd have been this, you know, good, I saw some statement from Salt Lake City that they're going to defend the city and they're going to fight against the lawlessness. Boy, I would have loved that in May. So I, fine, I'm with them. I'm the same guy. I don't want to see the violence. I pray it doesn't show up. But, man, I would have loved this kind of attitude all throughout the year of 2020. It would have been We'd be healthier as a people, I'll tell you that. Jim, so let's talk about that. Um, right now, the governor's office making that preemptive um, state of emergency in case it's needed. The Salt Lake City Police and Mayor Mendenhall have said no violence will be permitted. Have they learned their lesson or is this just treating groups differently? I talked to uh, D.A. Sim Gill. Um, he's a Democrat, if that matters, in this conversation it at does. all. <laughs> and uh, he was frustrated when uh, not the original Black Lives Matter protest happened, but later down the road after he'd made some rulings and there was an attack eventually on the new district attorney's office building. And he uh, showed me texts where he was texting, texting the chief of police and the mayor saying, where, you know, where's the backup? You know, there's rocks coming through the window. You know, they're painting the town red. They've blocked yes. off the city and there was no answer. Why was it a stand back then approach? 
and why are we ready to kick this right now? So the question is, <laughs> why the change? Have we learned, or are they just treating you know, groups differently? It, it's it, it, treating groups differently. You know, that's such a peculiar view of this whole situation. You know, I think we should not let violence what, what happen happened, ever. What happened in Salt Lake and in Portland and in Seattle and that endless fighting, you know, and Detroit and other Wait, places. Wait, we're talking about Salt Lake City. Violence, dude. unacceptable, miserable. But it goes a whole different level. And I think this is why the country is in an outcry. When the president of the United States invites I mean, all of those people weren't there by happenstance. It was a Trump. It was called a rally. Um, These it, happen in Washington it, it, all the it, time. It was an invitation, right? But th- those people were there at the invitation of the president. He organized it. He tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. They showed up, and a few blocks from the Capitol, whether whatever was in the president's head and in his mind, I have no idea. But certainly, some of those people heard a dog whistle that said, go attack the Capitol. And then what happened? This is not the same. I mean, look at these little objects. It's just a talking point to say, oh, look at Seattle and whatever. No, but I'm talking about Salt Lake City right now. Of the United States, well, I'm responding back to what Craig said. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's bull. And I think it's going to be the safest... the safest rally in history now. I mean, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of national guardsmen and the rest. We shouldn't. We what we need to worry about is uh, the soft target that they're thinking about next. Um, we we have to find a way, well, obviously, to just get back to normal. Yeah, you know, Jim. Back, back in sixteen, you know, the twenty seventeen inauguration, there were people that were protesting the inauguration of Donald Trump. They were smashing out the the, the storefront windows. I was there. I, I saw it. I watched it. People were screaming profanities at us as we were walking to attend. Um, I, I I don't think you have a we have a you we have a state senator who purchased spray paint uh, for these these whatever we want to call them, riots or whatever they were in Salt Lake City, he's acknowledged that he bought the paint. Are you talking about Derek Kitchen? De- Senator Derek Kitchen. I want to know, is that a bad thing? I mean, he put, you know, did what he, he bought it, it for. He paid for it. Did he, he, use, did he use his campaign money? He did, I mean, and, he, I mean, and he said it was look, for the rally I don't know what paint. money he used, but he did say on Venmo that he was buying but paint look, for the I rally. I mean, if a Republican did that for what, the oh. chaos going on now, we would all, including myself, say, you are in trouble. This is terrible. You don't participate like You don't act this way. So let's yeah, just be even-handed. No, we don't know that. I mean, I'm sure if Derek would have had any idea that it was going to be used to spray paint the public service mm, building or, they, you know, Tim Gill's thing, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have. Okay. But I hope look, not. I don't point, know if any charges point, happened though. I actually, oddly enough, before we came into this podcast, because he tweeted something, asked someone in the newsroom if they'd followed up. And I'll, I'll let you guys know next week about that, because I was wondering, it was around August that happened. And yeah. I don't know if he was ever charged for that, but he was we, tweeting we today. We need to be careful, yeah. Heidi. And, and let me just say this. Imagine, imagine the difference between Greg Hughes and Donald Trump. I mean, I have better if hair. Greg had, if, if, Greg better had, hair. if Greg had had a rally, and then we all watched it, and instead of tweeting out the second that he saw one window broken, or as soon as he saw the police officers being um, overcome, or as soon as he saw the, his vice president who was caught in the middle of this, I know what Greg would have done. He wouldn't have just been tweeting, stop the violence, damn you all. 
he would have been in that limo. He would have been down there. He would have had a bullhorn. He would have put his life on the line because that's the way we do it. I mean, this is, and I, I doubt that the whole thing was some vast right-wing conspiracy. I just think we have got a president that just really doesn't get it. Jim, How do we explain that he didn't stop I think you're right. I think the timeline matters. But I'd also think that you, when you see the preparation and, and, and even the Sir, the intelligence warnings to the Capitol Police that they that they had picked up on people planning to do this, and we know that this isn't. And you've and you've spotted it. It's not just a right wing conspiracy. There are people there, just like in the George Floyd protest, that didn't give a wit about the true issues at hand of our day. Famous they were there way. to create it chaos. They were yeah. there to create civil yep. unrest and that's all they care about and they take these moments where people are frustrated people want to protest which is our right and what we've done as a country as americans before and they want to make it violent and i'm telling you it is it is despicable and i but i don't believe that the comments made by president trump ignited or created okay. that there were people preparing okay. to create the, that chaos from the beginning and i do think he tried yeah, to appeal to the public and say everybody be safe go home he did say that Craig, yeah, but it wasn't it, okay. I don't want to argue okay. about the tone of it. I, I mean, you know, what happened happened, and and we just should expect more of our leaders than to even get close to gasoline to a fire. And and gee, all right, let's let's hope that let's hope that we can get back. To I think it's going to be a safe. I I just do. I, I'm, I'm hoping so. I have a gut feeling that it's going to be quiet this weekend, but I, I hope I'm right. I don't know. I will tell you that at least the people that I know that support the president um, to not be thrown into the category of those that would look to seek uh, violence or civil unrest. They are not going to protest or, or they may have, if there hadn't been this violence at the Capitol and this, you know, what happened there, they may have, wanted to, you know, exercise their freedom of speech and say they didn't approve of it or whatnot. I, the people I hear are just going to stay away. They're just going to be done. They're not, they don't want to get anywhere near it because they don't want to, they don't want to be anywhere near the type of conduct that occurred in Washington. And so I hope that happens more broadly. I hope so too. I know that everyone's prepared this time. Like we said, uh, Salt Lake city police are ready. Um, the national guard is ready. Uh, the governor's ready, so I'm hoping that um, Utahns can show the world how you can use your constitutional right to peacefully assemble. Um, and yeah, peaceful—that's the best word. Well, the, the, there was a rally at our Capitol the same day that that those terrible things happened on on uh, January 6th, and the the rally in, at the Capitol was peaceful. So you know, we're going to run out of time for yes. everything else. Okay. I know. Okay, okay. So this I is. Wanna, I want to. I hope. I hope that the Capitol investigation and if ever any if ever anything is going to be investigated it's going to be that i hope they investigate the hell out of the president and all the rest of it and if there was any legislative leaders but i also hope that they investigate the effect of the of of those who are saying we hate the police and and the political leadership in washington uh, city and other places that may not have reinforced the capital because they were afraid of of the the, the political or the the retribution or or upsetting people. I mean, you got to make political decisions based on the facts, 
And when the public safety like this is involved, I don't know that that happened, but I hope they investigate that as much as they investigate everything else and all the truth. I hope so, too. And I think there's a lot of layers to peel back, Uh, a lot of people who need to be held accountable and questions to be asked. So we will definitely stay on top of that. Oddly enough, I did not plan on having the word Derek Kitchen or his name involved. That was me. I did that. You brought it up. And I know Derek, by the way, but but I'm just using it as an example. I'm bringing him up because um, he tweeted earlier today about the legislative session, which I do want to talk about. It's going online amid fears of unrest. He tweeted a couple hours ago saying legislative session starts next week. Lots of security threats coming our way, including this weekend. Do you know that Utah is the only one of two states that cannot restrict firearms at the Capitol? He's asking that question. And the question I want to ask is, should we be concerned and putting this entire session back online again? Or did this this take the work of the people away from the people? Is it okay to be back on Zoom again? Or are we just hurting ourselves? Does it matter? Jim, we'll start with you on this one. Um, I think you get less stuff done when you're on Zoom. Therefore, I wish that the whole session were at Zoom, less damage. (laughs) (laughs) So Congress is not in in session and everybody's safe is what you're saying, or when the legislature is not in session, everyone's safe. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't think you'll have the robust debate. I I will tell you, it is very hard as a committee chair, if you have an issue with a lot of public uh, participation or the desire to participate, if it is a live meeting, you can say how many people are here to speak for this issue. Hands will go up. How many against? Okay, well, if there's a lot of people, you can line them up on either side of the committee room and say, well, look, we'll limit it to a minute, but if you've heard your comment made. But then you get this diversity of thought. It's it's pro-con, pro-con. When you do a Zoom, and there's it's just whoever line, whoever gets on and whatever the queue is, and if they go from one device to the other, they get pushed to the bottom. You know, if you're savvy at this, you could have the first 30 people on every issue dominating it just because they understand zoom better it's it will not be as robust of a debate and the public inherently will not be able to participate if they're locking the capital up and not letting anyone in that is not going to create a stronger public process at all and so it's it's regrettable that that's happening. And here in Utah, in the great state of Utah, I like to think we do things differently because we're on good behavior and we can. A lot of states, you go to the Capitol and you have to go through metal detectors. Yep. You have to have a pass to get in there or some kind of reservation. Here, you can walk in there. You can have prom in there. You can watch a girl doing backflips in there for her pictures for her dance company. You can walk in there. You can do basically what you want. Um, yep in a safe manner. Is it okay that we allow people in there that we don't use metal detectors? It is okay to have a weapon. Look, we, I've actually gone over this issue a lot when I was speaker. Um, the security protocols, I, I, I was convinced it's not a matter of if it's just when we see, sadly, uh, something happen inside mm-hmm. the Capitol. Um, we looked at uh, how can we secure the gallery? We had an incident uh, on the last night of one of the sessions uh, during a very emotional debate on, on uh, capital punishment and, mm. and death penalty. And, uh, and, and we had it, we had to evacuate our floor because of what was going on. And so that last night you have family and people that are there. And I, I felt sitting on the dais that my colleagues and their family members were sitting ducks with what was happening in the gallery. That's a people's house. There's been a very robust debate over the years amongst the house and Senate and the governor's office about the people's house. Uh, how is it accessible? Can you access it? Remember this, that during that, during the, the session, the legislative session, a lot of school uh, kids come to watch and observe the, the process. And I love seeing it, yeah. Yeah, the, the Capitol's not designed to have warm areas for students in line to, to stand as a slower process to access well, the building in and out. So there's, there's, there's some challenges there. Perfectly legal. Imagine this. 
to take your AK-47, loaded, except for around in the, in the chamber, with a backpack full of bullets, into the Capitol, and sit up there in the, in the gallery. It's perfectly legal. It's acceptable. And I'll, Has it ever I'll happened you, here in we, Utah? Not with a weapon, but we, you know, we, we created some new protocols when I was there after that incident where we had uh, our highway patrol at the door. We had only one way in. And if they had bags, you know, we mm-hmm. asked them to see. They, we wouldn't want to see. So it is also legal that you can see what's in that backpack if it's full of bullets or not, and you can at least be alerted to it. And yeah. and uh, highway patrol who protects the capital could be sitting next to that person if they chose to, if they felt we're, like we're be we're bizarre danger. with intimidation by by the by the gun crowd. It goes way beyond what's reasonable, what normal people would do. It's just disgusting where we are in the state and we're proud of it. So it's going to be there. Well, well, I don't think disgusting is a word that came to my mind, but we do try to balance uh, our right to bear arms with our, our, you know, with safety, public safety. I saw one of these, I saw one of these clowns uh, with blackface and camo and a gun, some kind of gun. I don't know much about guns and a bandana with, uh, with bullets, a get on a UTA bus. And then I saw a mom, Right there I in think front I know of, that guy. Uh, he writes tracks downtown. I oh, saw no. I saw a mom and her two kids run off uh, that uh, tracks, and I and I thought, you know, it isn't just a Second Amendment right. It's an amendment for everybody else to feel some so, some security as well. What about that mom and her family and everybody else that was on that bus? That smug son of a bitch just sitting on oh, there, swerver. like he owned the place. I can't uh, even tell if he's naughty. That, that, there, there is a balance here somewhere uh, between common sense, okay, you've got a Second Amendment right, and the whole rest of the country's ability to be safe. And we're, we haven't hit it, and we better not talk anymore about this. Okay, yeah, because I, I have a retort, but we want to get through a couple more issues. We Heidi's do. got a live I show know. we got to do I here know. Soon. I want to talk about Governor Cox's budget. Um, he's rolling into his uh, first legislative session. Uh, $21.7 billion budget, including $250 million to assist the state's public health partners, households, businesses. Uh, there's a big chunk he's hoping to put. Uh, we're talking about tracks here. $350 million to uh, double the track for Front Runner. Anything that stands out to you, Greg, in his budget where you're like, okay, this is a good goal or this is stupid you know, wish you know list what, stuff? Honestly, um, so traditionally the budget that the uh, governor presents, they have a big press conference. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 their bu- it's their department heads and their budget people. So it's not a very public process versus the – when the legislature puts the budget together and they have these sub appropriation mm-hmm. committees and hearings and public attends. So what it, 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 but what its practical purpose has always been is it shows you what the priorities of the, of the administration are. It also helps those department heads know where they can't get too aggressive in what they're requesting for their offices. It kind of keeps them in a lane. But what I, what I think is what I like about this budget from uh, governor Cox is that I can spot some legislative priorities that I just, because they're my former colleagues and I know them mm-hmm. and I know these are issues that they've been looking at for a while. I can spot those within his budget, which I quite like. I like to see that there was some communication with the legislative branch in terms of priorities that you can spot inside of his proposed budget, which I don't remember as much uh, in the past. Interesting. So, so yeah. Jim, anything that stood out to you? Uh, just one thing. Um, I think we're spending way too much money everywhere. I mean, I, the 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 package out of Washington. You sound like a Republican. One point nine conservative. Good for you. One point nine trillion dollars. I did a little math. 
that Let's backtrack. Run. You're talking the, about Biden's latest stimulus. Biden's, yes. yeah, yeah. That would so run the state him. of Utah. That would run the state of Utah for 93 years at Cox's budget. You know, I mean, we're talking about an amount of money that is unimaginable. So I'm saying two things. One, it ought to be paid for. Uh, we ought to go back and claw back that tax cut, which was $2 trillion to the richest of the rich, the Trump tax cut. And second, we ought to go over every dime of that to make sure it's getting to the places that we want it to go. And I'm scrutinizing the budget. Swap it together idea. and throw it out. Are we talking about no, Cox's I'm budget surprised. or are we talking about Biden's budget now? Well, I'm just talking about, well, okay. Every, no, right, I, but, I'm being serious, but like, I just want to make sure. I, I'm talking about, I'm everyone. definitely talking about the budget Cox's. in Washington no. and government spending money. And I'm talking about. You know, when I when I was there, my Greg, what was it? Just a couple of years ago, it was sixteen, seventeen yep. billion. Yep. We're up to twenty two. Um, I, yeah, I, I it just, goes up real fast. It does. But you know, some of that, Jim, is when you talk about those tax cuts that ought to be erased or clawed back. You know, it's, it's not like the federal government; you can just print money. They can only spend what comes in, and if you see those dollars coming in, it means that people are paying a lot of taxes because that's what you spend. So it looks like to me that the tax cuts have have, have improved our economy mm-hmm. to the point where you can actually create budgets like this. So, but I agree with Jim, which I can't believe I just said out loud. But I agree with Jim on the scrutinizing of our budgets, making sure, and there is a robust uh, process of that, especially during the session, but. Uh, but, but that is true. That's something that always has. Are you getting water at the end of the road? That question should be asked at, at every turn when, you, when you're talking about our state budget this way. Yeah, there's scary amounts the big, of money. The big yeah. economic issue that Cox needs to deal with that won't be dealt with is getting a $15 an hour minimum wage in Utah. I mean, the legislature is so completely Jim, out of touch. You're going to get chaos and self-serve everything when you keep pretending okay, so to do that. Talk about the that. $15 so an hour the, deal. Joe Biden, uh, president-elect, let's give him his proper title, Joe Biden, uh, laid out his $1.9 trillion plan that you weren't happy about just a minute ago. In that is forcing all 50 states to a $15 hour minimum wage. So is it going to hurt businesses? I mean this because I've never run a business. I don't know. But yeah, are there some small okay. mom and pop shops who are already underwater because of the pandemic who are literally just going to choke out and die because they simply can't pay that much. I don't know. Maybe they can. Maybe it keeps people around and you don't well, pay as much. There's that, but let me tell you what the other... So there's cities that have tried this. They Cities that have just... Seattle, others that said, hey, we're just going to raise a minimum wage. Um, you, there's two There's two things that happen. One, kiosks show up at McDonald's, so they have less workers, so they can just have patrons self-serve because then they don't have to hire as many employees. And that efficiency is looked for when they see their costs going up on, on their payroll. And then there was, I don't know if the $15 an hour will be, I, I, I guess, Jim, it'll be for part-time as well. Kiosks, because kiosks, kiosks are coming to Utah, and they're still at seven twenty-four an hour. I mean, it's been the same be argument. They'll, they'll reduce the workforce if you artificially raise their payroll. 30% of Utah workers are below the poverty level. And you have a legislature that is smug. They have no touch with common people. They Look, don't pay rent. You were both they legislators, not that long they are, they are completely Minimum wage is not, from that what is, is a starting going, wage. What, what is going move up on. from there quickly. Do. How do you, well, some people do, some people don't. You work hard. You mean, that, no, that's a starting wage. It's no, not it's that not wage you're supposed to live your whole hard. life at, Jim. I mean, you're not going to live well, your whole life at that wage. Some people do. Some people do. 
I, I, I think that all, all of it, there, there's always raises. It's built into the system that you're going to, when you're there, the more you're there, you get these, these raises. It happens in business. I mean, you have Boy, to, cause it's, just, a, it's a competitive I, job market. We don't, we're at full employment in the state or were, I mean, there's employment is not a hard thing to get if you want to find a job. And I'm telling you, it's a competitive market with these employers. They're not going to, they're not going to starve out people because okay, so, finding so working people to, is difficult. Let's put it up to fifteen dollars then, because there are certainly employers who take advantage of people. I there know. are. So let's I get made it up four dollars an hour posing for art classes in a swimsuit when I was in college. I should. I deserved at least four fifty, <laughs> right? I would have given you ten yeah, bucks an hour. You would. That was, no that, da- so no that was minimum yeah. wage back then, or that what? That was. That I think it was cl- four or four twenty-five. Yeah, and I remember cleaning uh, bathrooms for Delta, uh, not bathrooms, the lavatories on the planes. It was the grossest job. That minimum wage? Yeah, I always really? worked like two or three. Well, they, do jobs they give you like free flights wage. or something? Uh, you did if Delta? you worked there for over three months, but I would work it in the summer between schools, so I never uh, got to use the benefits. But I was always one of those busting your hump, working like right. a nine to five. We can't all, we can't all afford our own plane like Jim DeBacchus. He you has have to, your own plane? When he, when he wants to slum it, he flies first class on commercial airlines. I mean, that's when he's getting real, and he's decided he's going to be like the common folk. Well, luckily, right, he's our friend. He can take us with him on his jet, right? 30, 30%. 30% of Utahns below the poverty level, guys. We're not doing it. It is a serious problem. And the problem. governor keeps saying, the governor keeps saying, oh, look how good the economy is. It's I so just want good. more it's jobs, the best we've ever had until the crash. Tell the 30%, not his friends in Silicon Valley. You that, can try to the, mandate wages or you, can, or you can bring good, high-paying jobs to this state. Manufacturing jobs. Of course it works. Of course it does. And you can make more. For the you can it's make more in manufacturing. Working. You can make more as elect an electrician today than you can if you get a sociology degree and a bachelor's degree to go try to find a, lot a of job. Those trade jobs yes. really are. There's it some exciting true. things going on in Utah. It's growing. It is. It is a real it, problem, and I think we're not going to solve it here today. And we only have a couple minutes left. I want to talk real quickly about the vaccine rollout here in Utah. Uh, we're to the point where if you're 70 and um, older, you can be getting your appointments that may or may not be working out so well. Uh, you are very close to being able to get one of these shots, um, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jim. You know, when you're not away. here, it's easier for us to pick on you, I think. It's fun. This is I'm awesome. years away. You're fa- so far I only far tease. Away. But is the process yeah. working? Uh, obviously, with fed- no. federalism, the – States have had the opportunity, and here in Utah, we've kind of given county health departments um, the ability to work on it. We've seen some major bumps in the road, like speed. Like Yes. I've been taking the lead on most of these topics first, Jim. I'm sorry. But listen, this is where I, I have to tell you, I'm so disappointed that the state of Utah uh, bent over backwards. And I think, and I know Jim and I don't agree on this, go figure, but I think that the mandates and the color codes and all of the things that the state did – to uh, interrupt people's lives, to to impose upon the Utahns these precautions. And at the same time, you saw a state like South Dakota and Governor uh, Christy Nome that didn't put any of those uh, those mandate government mandates in place, but yet people were taking precautions. And then you get to the vaccination stage. Guess which state has been the most efficient in getting their vaccinations to their, the public? It's been South Dakota. So instead of that state worrying about shutting down all these small businesses so that more people are finding themselves under the poverty line that Jim's worrying about, they didn't do that. They have the strongest economy uh, in the country in terms of people that were able to stay working and taking precautions because they're adults. They want to do this themselves. And at the same time, what that government did, that state government, 
they made sure those vaccinations were being were ready. They were going to be ready to deliver them and administer them at a high rate, and they're doing that better than any other state. So you don't want to use Utah's not Utah's not you know stacking up to that. You don't want to use the Dakotas as a, a benchmark. It's been a catastrophe. No, it hasn't. And, it's, been, and here, it's been they have the, the lowest deadliest, unemployment rate in the nation. I, I'm talking about people uh, dying from the disease uh, per capita. I'll look it up. The it's deadliest months from the pandemic are ahead of us. The rapid spread is already. So why is in Cuomo Utah? unlocking his? He he says he's Cuomo says he's going to take his state out of lockdown. Is that because it's the Biden uh, inauguration, or is that safety? It, 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 it's it's just it's just the dumbest thing in history. Can you imagine our governor? And his task force head on COVID had March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, yeah. December to come up with a plan to give people shots. This and is true. what do they do? They turn it over to Beaver County. They turn it over to counties with 1,200 people. I think there are smart people they, in each county. The county know that don't have, this, they should have. They should have organized it. They should have not been use the federal system. I mean, give me a break. This is, we're not, we have lots and lots of uh, vaccine now in refrigerators. The computers aren't working. It's like they didn't know this was going to happen. Or like Pontius Pilate, Governor Cox and Governor Herbert oh, washed wow. their hands so they wouldn't take responsibility. And then what did the governor say? I, and he was probably just kidding. I hope he was. The other day when he took four questions at his, his uh, press conference, he joked and he said, well, it's good we don't have enough vaccines, blah, 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 blah. Look, this has been bungled from Trump and the bungling came down to Utah. I don't understand why the Utah Department of Health has been so pathetic in their response. And, and I, I, I feel like they should have just come to ask that, me. I know. I feel we like when I'm watching. Yeah. The three of us could have figured it out. Herbert's buddies to... were replaced the professionals because we got a great Department of Health on the employee level, but the leadership has been cataclysmic and catatonic. Yeah. Look, and I don't mind the the, the 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 coordinating with counties, but do it earlier. Get that ready. I mean, be. I mean, they're just. It's. It, I. I don't think we were as prepared as a state. And if you want to use your county health departments, which we have, you know, county health departments throughout the state. Every every county does. We have like five county health departments in rural Utah, but anyway, Tri County. Yeah. We we have the infrastructure to deliver this, but this this plan before you have the vaccination that would coordinate with counties could have been. I mean, they needed to do this a lot earlier so that we could see this uh, distributed in a higher, with more efficiency for those that that want it and and are going to take it. I feel like we're maybe doing it backwards instead of. I keep seeing all these lines of people waiting outside to get their shots and signing up for their times, which I think in subgroup, some groups you have to, like retired yep. individuals. But all the teachers that are going to make appointments, I'm like, why haven't we just sent a nurse to the school? Yeah. You sign up if you want it at lunch or your off break period. They like get every teacher in the school. If there's one sick, they could sign up, you know, or out that day. But it just seems like there's got to be a faster, easier way to get a whole group together instead of how we're doing it. But then again, I don't plan these things, and I'm sure I would plan it wrong too but i know the, the 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 state has the capacity it's it it's ha, it it can it can it can be prepared for these things and i do think we could have seen a, a more efficient uh distribution it's of true. these vaccines I, I i don't know how anyone would argue otherwise well this has been a spider web of a podcast it has we've been all over the place today so if you've been listening and you stuck through to this point 
Thank Jim you had so this much. epic rant that we didn't even get to that we'll have to make sure is the oh, beginning of next. But it's not time sensitive. Time. It's not time sensitive. So this rant will work next week. Okay, so we'll that's tease you what it is. I forgot. I know we're running out of time today, but Jim wants to talk about the representation in the legislature, which is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's um, some numbers that came out recently, Jim, that show that uh, there's a lot more LDS or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, representation than what is in the state. So we'll tease ahead. 90% percent of the legislature in six of the state we need to talk about that that's religious discrimination <laughs> and that's, we'll talk next time i know is it religious discrimination or just not enough people of of others running right. i guess we'll find out we we're can't get, discuss so we're it gonna now tease us this now because this tease. is a biz we're gonna yeah, un- so week, unpack that issue i can't wait if we can stop um having uh impeachment <laughs> hearings protests and giant temper Jim, if you just we'll agree with me talk. pal we do this <laughs> podcast in half the time okay just start agreeing with me and we'll be we'll be flying through this thing and i'm really sorry we get paid the same amount like. <laughs> you yep. do, yeah, absolutely. 100% of nothing. Oh, okay, great. All right, love your guts. All right. I'm glad we could all get Bye, together Jim. and Thanks. chat today. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, Thanks for watching Bye-bye. Take Two. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe, and we pry. Oh, Jim's out of here. Yes. Let's play the music so you don't hear that. <laughs>